ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. On his Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and John Machota from uh, The Athletic joining us. John occasionally goes on other shows in the area. It hurts my feelings, but we're his number one show. This is kind of where his uh, most of his top information goes, and we love having him on. And John, let me wish you happy first day of the NFL season. Isn't it weird how it feels like it's taking forever, and you're out there at training camp, and you're waiting and waiting, and then suddenly one day it arrives, and it's a pretty great feeling, isn't it? It is, especially when you cover a team that doesn't play their starters in the preseason and has a new uh, person calling the offensive plays. There's a, a lot of fun, you know, there's a lot of things you want to see. I, don't, I mean, I guess you call it uncertainty, but I think they're going to be a good team. I just, I'm interested to see what the offense looks like, particularly just be, I think the defense will be one of the best in the league, might, might be the best in the league. They might have the NFL defensive player in the year, Michael Parsons, but the offensive questions, you know, there's some new pieces there, new play caller. That's the biggest thing. It's it's been a while. There's a lot of these, you know, asking players, asking coaches what the new offense is going to look like. I, I just I want to see it. All right, be careful around Jerry. I saw a recent story where you you lowered AT and T Stadium down to only the fourth greatest stadium. It's come down from third to fourth, and John. I know you get a lot of input on putting that kind of stuff together, but your name's at the top of that. So uh, I, I just – that seems like something Jerry would notice and maybe want to have a visit with you about. Has any – when you put something out like that, do you do you hear from any of the Cowboys? Anybody uh, give you a little feedback? Not really, and to be honest with you, I think they should be – thrilled with being in the top five i mean they're i mean it's at&t stadium is not exactly new anymore i mean they're they're at&t stadium was still ahead of allegiant in vegas that just got finished a few years ago so i actually think at&t holds up pretty well i think mm-hmm. i had it probably the highest on the list of the writers that voted in fact no i know i did um i just if if i mean it's not that at&t stadium can control the climate on the outside, but I mean, if you could play just night games there um, and they could have the roof and the doors open, I, I, I don't find a better stadium in the NFL. Now, full disclosure, I haven't been to a Legion yet, but um, the ones that have been rating really well are SoFi and then clearly uh, U.S. Bank up in Minnesota has been the far in a way, runaway number one. But I mean, both of those they have the ceilings that are clear, so you get the natural sunlight in. But they're they're indoor stadiums, and an AT and T stadium has the ability to do both, um, much like Atlanta. And so, I don't know. I think top five is pretty good for AT and T. I mean, uh, it you know, the, Kansas City, Green Bay, Seattle always rank very high in those lists. Yeah. They're outdoor stadiums, but they can get very loud. Uh, AT&T Stadium, the biggest knock on it. It's got a little bit more of a mall feel. A lot of people say it's, you're not right on top of the action. You're distracted by the big board. But um, I'll, I, I put it this way. I, anybody I know, is, when they visit it for the first time, uh, I, I've yet to meet somebody that goes, yeah, this place is kind of overrated. Everyone seems pretty, uh, pretty pumped. I think maybe we take it for granted a little bit because we get to go there all the time. Kind of a wow Kind of the wow factor. It's funny, I didn't even have to scroll down to the bottom. You just immediately know that the Commanders 
have to be or FedEx. I mean, that that has to be last. Like, I don't <laughs> – there's just certain places that are just kind of dumps. And, uh, and, boy, that – and it's not even that old, is it? Golly, it's just – it's just the worst. Um, there, is that there has to be last? There that, yeah, there's just a feeling when you're there that they don't even they're not even trying. And so <laughs> I would say that there is. I would say that there are four. There's. Let me think. Let me make sure I get this right. There are. Yeah, four tiers of stadiums. I would say that there's your top seven or eight, and 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 in that category, a lot of the ones I just mentioned, I can see any one of them being in the top three or four, and I can see any one of them being down at six, seven, or eight. But then there's another group that's probably your 9 to about 19 to 20, which is, I would say, a little bit more of your middle tier. And then there's your 20 to 29. That would be your third tier. That's that. They're all pretty much on the bottom end or whatever. And then there's just that final tier, which is just just Washington. It's just FedEx Field uh, all by itself. Um, and, and our voting was like, that was very clear. I think out of the 30 voters, I want to say 20, 22, something like that, all vo- voted it clearly the worst uh, i'm wondering though i wonder if the new ownership group will, will, will put forth a little bit more of an effort and kind of uh i think it's a good time to take over the commanders because you can pretty much only go up from here yeah i mean they're one of the most hated franchises they're they've been they've got a racist past they've got they've got you know all the stuff that dan snyder so it was uh it was it was a mess i'm surprised live event uh would not uh would not try to get up there early for Cowboys Giants and see some U.S. Open. I mean, that just seems like something you would. And I, again, I'm I'm way into tennis. I know Callishaw's way into tennis. Uh, I play it a lot now these days. It's kind of a new thing for me over the last year or two after I had that bike accident. But that seems like a a, a place you would really enjoy trying that Flushing Meadows scene out and being there for like a. Alcaraz Novak match is that something that's ever crossed your mind? Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of sporting events where you have to be. Not that I'm real loud at them, but where you have to be quiet during the action. Uh, that's not really, I'm not really that thrilled about those type of things. I'd say for me, watching NFL is number one, uh, college football is two, college basketball is three, NBA is four, and then Major League Baseball is five. So those are my core five there. And so on Sunday, I'm trying to pull this off where I'm going to the Yankees game during the day and then trying to make it over to MetLife with enough, enough time before the Cowboys-Giants uh, kickoff. So that's my that's my sports conquest for uh, my trip up to New York. And I'm not loving that idea. I think it's probably pretty stupid just because of the traffic and uh, everything I'll be working against. But I just I think it would – I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in going to a Yankees and Cowboys game in the same day, I don't know how many people uh, do that. Yeah, we we've had colleagues who would like basically miss the game, show up very very late, and still be able to write. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get specific on that, but that has <laughs> happened before. But I I know, I know you late for you would be two hours prior to kickoff. Like for me, that would be what's Mosley doing here? Like why why has he decided to? gracious with his presence but uh but you'll be fine i think you should do that that sounds kind of fun who are the yankees playing uh playing the brewers i believe oh the brew crew okay yeah they're okay they're they're like 10 games above 500 or something they're not bad or maybe seven games uh just john mishota from uh from the athletic 
And John, it wouldn't be the Cowboys without. I mean, they can't. They can't go in here with just a normal. Everything's looking good, guys. I mean, you got you got Tyler Smith starting left guard out with a hamstring. Now he was on those those bands. It looked like over with uh, with with Britt, um, the uh, you know the rehab athletic trainer. Uh, generally, that's a sign that guys are ready to come back, but it's not like he's been out for a while. So I'm not totally sure what to read into that. And then Tyron Smith shows up on the injury report with an ankle. Um, as you kind of, and then Sam Williams has that foot. He was upgraded to limited after not practicing yesterday, according to your report. Um, you feel good about all of those players? Uh, what, what, what would concern you? the most of those uh obviously we know tyron smith's injury history and so it always adds a little we got to add something to it when we see him on the list oh yeah for sure i mean it's almost one of the things where you just kind of go into the season not knowing if there's going to be an injury but you just kind of expect one to come at some mm-hmm. point so it doesn't sound like it's too significant it would not i don't think it's gonna be something that keeps tyron smith out of the game but it is one of those things where you go back to he hasn't played a full season since 2015. It makes you just wonder, okay, so is this going to linger? Is this going to lead to something else? What's going to be the issue? And then it's also taken to another level when you, your depth on the offensive line is by far your biggest concern on the roster. So it's like not only do you not potentially not have Tyron, but Tyler's dealing with this, and he's your number one guy that you would have played left tackle if you didn't have Tyron. And so that's why, like, your worst-case scenario, if you didn't have either of those guys, I mean, you're talking about going into MetLife Sunday night with – Chuma Adoga potentially at left tackle and mm. undrafted rookie TJ Bass at left guard. I don't think that will happen. No, I, I mean, from what Mike McCarthy said today, Tyler Smith is, is real confident he'll be able to play. And it's going to come down to Saturday morning. They, they do kind of a mock game walkthrough type deal um, where he'll get a chance to test it out before they fly to New Jersey. And so that's when they'll ultimately determine, hey, you know, can Tyler play or not? With, with the Tyler Smith thing, I kind of wonder – if it's one of those deals where, yeah, he, he could play if it's a playoff game, no question, wouldn't even think twice. But this, this is the opener. We don't want it to be something that gets worse or lingers. Should we, you know, prevent, you know, stop him from even thinking about playing for a week or so and make sure the thing calms down? Or maybe it's just not to that level where it's that significant. But it would not surprise me if they have their all, all five of their starters out there Sunday night. I don't think that it's they're they're looking at like I said the worst case scenario. Um, but it is a concern because, like I said, that's your biggest area of of issue is just really that depth on the offensive line. You you just can't feel great about anybody stepping in behind them. The starters are are, are good. I mean, if you keep yeah. that starting five up there all season, that Cowboys offensive line will be will be good. But there's just that hasn't happened one time since Mike McCarthy's been head coach. It's just it's always been some different lineup. That that worst case scenario with like Bass and. And uh, Duga, you were talking about that. That sent shivers down the spines of all Cowboys fans. That's just not. That's not anything that inspires a lot of uh, hope uh, or or confidence. But I think you're right. I don't think it's going to come to that. But I understand why you have to kind of look at that, John. What did you uh, What did you make of Dak? Uh, he visited with the media today. And I know you were a part of that. I, I thought the quote where and he, he had a lot of, you know, pretty interesting things to say, but where he ended up saying, you know, talking about the game plan being in, and then he went on to say, but my comfort level 
is at an all-time high. Um, boy, he's always a confident guy, but uh, it, it does seem like he truly believes this team's on the verge of something and could do something special. Is that the vibe you got from uh, from kind of seeing Dak in person and being a, around him as, as uh, we get closer to Sunday? No, absolutely. Um, real quick before I get to that, though, going back to the offensive line and the Odoga thing, you know, also part of it is just with Cowboys fans, they have that PTSD of going back to that Atlanta game where they started Chaz Green and left him on an island, and Adrian Claiborne had that career game, and, and it's a different coaching staff. I, I, I don't see this coaching staff, you know, leaving anybody on an island like that, and it, maybe it leads to a more conservative game plan, but I think that there's so many Cowboys fans that point to that and are so nervous of that happening again. I, I just don't think with this coaching staff that that would happen, um, but I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Dak thing, because to me, one of the things that he's always confident, I would never expect him to go up there to start a season and go, yeah, you know, we're still working through some stuff on the offense, but we got three more days. We'll, we'll get where we need to be. Like he just, he would never say something like that. But the, the part that has stood out to me with him talking today and just being in the building the last couple of days is, you know, everybody always talks, not always, but usually with the Cowboys, like, oh, yeah, they, you know, they got Super Bowl aspirations, haven't been there since 95. But this year, man, like, it's the most, like, where the players have been just very comfortable talking about CeeDee Lamb today. And then after him, Dak, when Dak was asked about, you know, how much he thinks about it, and he was talking about how he's got, like, a, you know, a certain playlist that reminds him of, you know, that February 11th uh, in Las Vegas and, and, and uh, you know, this team's capabilities of being able to potentially get there and and just like you know the new theme board that mike mccarthy had put up outside of their their team meeting room that has you know the logo for for this season's super bowl on it it's got a, a you know a, a picture with, with players holding up the lombardi trophy uh it's got the five pictures of the previous five super bowl winning teams that the cowboys have had surrounding an empty frame and in the empty frame it says 2023 i mean it's just they're making it very clear that you know, if they don't get to the Super Bowl, that it's a huge disappointment. <clears throat> and now they've talked about that stuff in the past, but the, it's not been on this level that it is this year. And so I think that, yeah, Dak sees what this team can be, you know, not just with, on the offense. But I think he really sees on the defense, too, that, you know, this isn't a time like early in his career where it's like, man, you better put up some big numbers, Dak. You know, you and Zeke got to score some points here because, you know, this is, you know, middle of the pack defense. No, this is a defense that can win a lot of games if you just take care of the football. And so because of that, I, I really do think that he, he believes that this team can certainly, you know, get to the Super Bowl. I, 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 you know, looking at the odds right before, you know, I called in, it's the Eagles are the favorite. The, the Niners are, are right behind them. And then it's the Cowboys. And it's kind of those three are, are the favorites to represent the NFC. And, and I think that's right. I think Vegas has got it right. I think, that it, I think it does come down to those three teams. Yeah, I, that's interesting. The, uh, that frame... And then along along with the carpe. Now, how do you say that? Omnia or omnia? Yeah. Okay, omnia. Yeah. Okay, kind of a carpe everything. Uh, some of the Dallas Cowboys staffers, um, you know, I I probably going to have T-shirts with the car, carpe omnia. I mean, it, it, did that? Uh, did you do some research? Any Latin or anything? Now, seize the day is what we remember, John, Carpe Diem. And it came from, you know, that we remember it from that movie, Dead Poets Society. I'm not as familiar with Carpe Omnia. When 
when the Cowboys rolled that out, did some of the grizzled veterans out there like Clarence and Todd, did you see them kind of get fired up about that? <laughs> I didn't I didn't see them get fired up about it, but it was pretty entertaining to watch uh, a reporter ask Mike McCarthy about the Carpe Diem and that Dead Poet Society as if do the players recognize that and just the way he looked at the reporter like they have no idea about any of the, any of that that movie or any of thing anything along those lines. Like there was no playing any game with this could possibly be a crossover story idea. I mean, it was just very no, no, no. There was none, none of that going on. But yeah, it, you know, it's kind of. It's, I mean, you there are shirts. There are there are there. Are, they did have each player had a a uh, you know Cowboys hooded sweatshirt. Uh, with Carpe Omnia sees everything written on it, uh, hanging at each locker on Wednesday. Uh, Michael Parsons wore his to his media availability outside the locker room. And, uh, you know, you tweet things like that out. And uh, it's amazing how fast people work. But now underneath every one of my tweets over the, since that is uh, people have come up with links to how they've printed off their own shirts like that that you can buy so Cowboys fans can get their hands on something similar. Uh, it's, it's amazing how fast the Internet works on things like that. So, uh, but no, I, I don't notice that the uh, media contingent is necessarily as fired up. I think 27 years without a, a trip to the Super Bowl probably wears you down a little <laughs> bit more. There's no players that have really been around it that long. You know, you, you ask them about Roger and Troy, and and uh, you know that's not really something that uh, they remember much of. So uh, it is interesting though because they do wear some of that. You know, it's been 27 years and when you're with the Cowboys, everyone is looking at you like kind of, Hey, are you going to be the next one? Can you end this drought? And so uh, there's, you know, there's obviously pressure from, from them on that. But uh, like I said, I mean, I look at this team on, on paper and I mean, if, if they can avoid, uh, you know, some, some injury issues, I mean, this is as good of a team on paper as they probably had since those nineties teams. Man, uh, it, it will be uh, fascinating. Of course, those of us that have covered it for a long time, we wait to see how they'll screw it up, right? I mean, and a lot of fans think that way too, but but we'll see. You never know. You get new players. You got new. Uh, you got a new play caller this year. Uh, let's give them a chance. See where it ends up, and that and that'll be fascinating to see. Like Parsons and y'all talked to CD today. All kinds of. Uh, uh, contracts, you know, when you get one done, then everybody's lined up for their contract. And so th- those will be very interesting stories. John, um, safe travels and uh, great information and enjoyed uh, enjoyed visiting with you. And go out there this weekend and carpe omnium. I appreciate it, Matt. You do the same. Okay. There he goes. Uh, John Machota from The Athletic.